What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I got a vibe tells me I should be sitting in on this scene for a while. Transformers. My name is Optimus Prime, and this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast features Stephen C. Phillips, Mike Blanchard, and Michael Wilson. Hello, and welcome to Episode 2 of Transformation Animation Podcast. I am your host, TFG and Mike, and joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Goodbye. Hello. (laughs) This is not AOL, thank you very much. AOL is a dead uh, function. You were the weakest link. Goodbye. And peek on court, Michael. Hey, how's it going? It's going. We just finished uh, an interview with a voice actor for Transformers Animated, the one, the only, David Kay. Um, very, very cool. Uh, even though Steve kind of poofed in the middle. Um, That's right, I like poofing. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Something like that. Good lord. Um, yeah, uh, probably all said and done with audio and everything else. The interview is probably going to run like close to an hour, but the actual discussion is like, like 55, 58 minutes. So very, very cool to talk with David about, uh, animated conventions, toys, action figures, uh, his Sue Blue impression. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Makes me want to interview Sue Blue that much more. Yes, we, we have to get her on this podcast. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I see Steve is in voice mode tonight. Very close. Yeah. Yes, I'm in very good voice mode. So what have you been up to, Steve, besides going insane? Um, you act like that's something different. Mostly, uh, I've been getting people emailing me about joining up with other Transformer audio plays lately. Huh, which is good news. Yeah, that's quite strange to me because last I thought I was not wanted because every time I get on a project, it gets canceled. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping these actually, you know, happen. Uh-huh. And Michael hasn't been going into Target and stealing Transformers from the back of the store. Not at all. <laughs> His uh, obsession I've, is strong. <laughs> it's hard. It really is. Uh, but no, I, I haven't been buying anything lately. Uh, I was really hoping to see that final wave 
of uh, classics toys, and that just didn't happen. And since then, uh, all the stores have been stocking up on movie toys. And although there are a couple of those that I'm partial to, I, I've actually been saving my money. That's that, that's good, I guess. Uh, yeah, the only the only one I'm remotely interested in, which I, I'm actually kind of getting out of the toy collecting game. I just I don't go to the stores enough. I, I, I'm too poor to to buy big bad toy stores inflated prices. Um, whoa, whoa, only... whoa, hey now, uh, the good I... people at Big Bad Toy Store who are. Uh... You know, sponsoring us, I think. Right. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I mean that with all due respect. I understand they have to do markup, but yeah. you go into a store. Of course, you know that takes gas money and all that stuff or whatever else. But you go into a store, you find Dark of the Moon Voyager Megatron for say, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen bucks. You yeah. go online to Big Bad Toy Store, you find it for twenty five dollars plus eight dollars and something shipping. So. Right. You know, I don't have right now. I, I don't have the financial means to be buying stuff, so I'm kind of really getting out of the toy collecting game at this point. Yeah. Uh, I will say, as far as Dark of the Moon toys go, the only one that I would really super want is Shockwave. That Shockwave is amazing. Oh God, is that ugly figure? No. <laughs> you know what? Shockwave should not have you know, like uh, uh, pinchers. You know, for a face, I, I, I don't like it. Can't recommend it. Uh, I did get the Power Glide. Uh, I, I, I like that one. I was very, very tempted to buy uh, the Starscream repaint. He, the, the deluxe uh, Thundercracker. Mm-hmm. Almost bought that one. I was ready to pull it off the shelf just because it's Thundercracker and he's blue and red and he's perfect. Uh, but, you know, I said, you know, I'm holding off. I'm not buying any more Transformers. I'm not going to do it. Uh, I've got like 3,000 now. I think I have enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, yes, and I've just been podcasting like normal. Um, actually, I'm trying to. I have, for those of you who may not know, I know Steve knows this, and I'm not sure if Michael knows this, but I've been writing poetry since I was about 14. And back in 2007, I published my first book of poetry. <laughs> Which I still have 35 copies of. So if anyone wants a copy, $15 shipped, send an email to tfgmike at gmail.com. I need a new cell phone, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we don't give a shit. So we'll get into the episodes next. Okay, this is definitely not me. This party is getting out of... <laughs> Forget about me! Somebody's gonna shut down the assembly line! This looks like a job for wheels on heels! Who needs sensitive? Smashing stuff is fun! Thick-bolted moron. Let me crush that smile off your face. So first up is Home is Where the Spark is. 
The Autobots continue to defend the city while making their home in an abandoned automobile plant Sari set them up in. Sari uses her key to accidentally revive Megatron's head, who promptly learns that Starscream's betrayal. Megatron controls a small pocket bot to search for the Allspark in the Autobots' base, but when he doesn't find it, he takes control of the machinery in the plant to kill the Autobots. The Autobots hold their own and emerge victorious and ponder who could have controlled the pocket bot in the first place. Dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun. Yeah, that pretty much covers it. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. When I first saw this one, when it uh, aired on TV, I was like, who the hell is this craptastic character, Angry Archer? Indeed. Really? I was like, oh, my God. The <laughs> villains in this show suck. <laughs> Forsooth. <laughs> yeah. But then again, you know, we you know, come to find out later down the line, Angry Archer was based on uh, Aaron Archer, the, the brand, one of the brand managers at Hasbro. So I guess yeah. it's okay. It kind of looks like him. Yeah, a little You've bit. You've seen a picture of Aaron Archer. Yeah, it kind of looks like him. Yeah. It looks like him in a very bad, ill-fitting Green Arrow costume. <laughs> it's really yeah. sad. Yes, it is very, very sad. I don't think Aaron sounds like that. You know, he doesn't no, talk. He, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he it was a slight like exaggeration. It's <laughs> He'd fit right in at the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> That's funny. He's a rejected DC comic character. Oh, wow. Speaking of DC Comics characters, why is Optimus reminding me of Batman? He has a gadget for everything. He's got his axe, he's got his grappling hook, and he's got his um, fire hose thingamabob. I don't know, just every time I saw him use that grappling hook, I'm like, wow, it's Optimus Prime Batman. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Toys. <laughs> Why is it when I heard the line that Bulkhead said, all people want me to do is break stuff, uh, It the first thing I thought of was Limp Biscuit's song, Break Stuff. Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. How's that go? Yeah. It, anyway. We don't want to hear you sing. That's okay. Uh, you know. I wasn't going to sing anyway. <laughs> okay, good. I, I like how all the Autobots have different reactions to their newfound fame. Yeah, you know, like B loves it. He thinks it's awesome, and Prowl hates it. You know, yeah. Grumpy Prowl is grumpy. Yeah, Arr, I'm grumpy. Arr. Yeah, one of the things uh, that I noticed with the Autobots is you have key characteristics for for each character. You have a, a certain characteristic. Optimus, he's a young leader who's learning it as he goes. <laughs> Prowl is the Zen-like bot who prefers to sit back and watch what is around him. Ratchet, well, he's he's Ratchet, damn it. His character hardly ever changes in Transformers history. He's the cranky old bot. Um, Bulkhead, the bot who can't get out of his own way and always ends up messing stuff up. And Bumblebee, uh, the bot who is always about speed and being a dick. Pretty much sums it up. Gosh. <laughs> You're a little hard on the beaver there, Wally. <laughs> Wow, I'm not even to go in there. I'm just not even going there. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. Oh, man. A little, little rough on that. Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct. Yeah, yeah, let's not oh, go there. Oh, that was the 
Yeah, the gratuitous. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of people, I don't know, but I know uh, some people didn't really agree with Prowl's characterization because he has a way different character base in this series. As, as, as Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we'll find out why that is later. Uh, not to spoil it for anybody. Um, but... Uh, to the first time viewer, the whole Zen thing could be really off-putting. I, I don't think so. I mean, we can't assume that this is the G1 character. True. So, you know, I mean, you, considering that Optimus Prime is a captain of the ship and not leader of everybody, right? I mean, that alone throws all of the characterizations from G1 out the window. That's true. Right. So with this particular character, you know, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt, all right? You know, he's... He's the loner type. He's not used to working in a team. We know, we find out straight from the get go that he's, you know, the first to jump in and try to do everything himself. Right. So yeah. of course he's going to want to spend more time alone, and you know, just enjoying his own surroundings. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no matter how many. Uh, and when I wrote that note about Prowl being Zen, it was the scene where he and Optimus are talking. And Prowl's talking about, you know, being one with nature and watching the cat kill, you know, stalk the bird or whatever else. And, of course, Bumblebee pops up in the middle. Yeah, what are we talking about, guys? <laughs> yeah, he's still a dick. That's <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's just a terrible way to put it. He, he just is. He I, just... No, I think he's just very energetic. And, you know, he... At a certain point, maybe you could consider him to be uh, obnoxious. But I think that, you know, he's just wanting to be in the middle of things. He wants that attention. He goes pretty far to get the attention later on. Like I said, you know, in the first episode, last episode, last week's episode, um, it's going to take me a while to actually get to like Bumblebee because I cannot stand him at this point. Uh, so we have uh, we switch gears and we have Megatron awakening. Uh, what? Who? Where? Where am I? What am I looked up to? How did I get here? Why are the Autobots still online? Starscream! <laughs> yeah, that would suck. It's like, am I am I dead? I don't, I don't <laughs> think I'm dead. Oh, look! There's Starscream. He's he's ratting himself out because he's a dumbass. Yes. Okay. <laughs> He just gets busted right off the bat, and he's thinking, you know, if I had my pimp hand... Oh, there it is! It's somebody's freaking chair. Wonderful. Okay. My pimp hand's strong. My pimp hand is strong, and it's some deck's ass warmer. Wonderful. Uh, Get off my hand, flesh creature! (laughs) I'm using it as my commode! Stop it! Stop it! Uh, I, I wasn't really happy with the way that Sari's key 
wakes up Megatron. It's like as if this isn't an overused plot device already. Well, I mean, we can all agree. Even Kevin doesn't like it, but we can all agree from the get-go. I mean, this isn't like, you know, go to seasons, have a movie, introduce this huge plot device in the Matrix of Leadership, and then use it throughout season three and, and Rebirth. This isn't like that. They have this, you know, this feature movie. They introduce it because she gets it in the movie. And by the time the end of the movie, she's already used it twice, once on Prowl, once on Prime. And it's just the biggest plot device in this entire show, and it's just getting old and annoying already. Yeah. Anyway. So Megatron uses the pocket bots, and, you know, some decks response to this is, ooh, wow, I didn't think I fixed these pocket bots. You would think that pocket bots would be commonplace. You know, giant rope, not giant robots, but let's say regular-sized garbage can robots are commonplace. Police bots are commonplace. But little tiny, you know, let's say Insecticons, for lack of a better term, th- those aren't uh, normal household fixtures by now? I guess not. Eh, it's surprising, considering that in the, well, you know, in and, the and intro, the other... they were working on nanobots. So. Right, but the other thing is, like, in the beginning of the episode, when Sari first goes to his lab and first breaks in with her key, which, again... Yeah. Um, but she first breaks in and she stands in the doorway and then he comes up and he's, she's, he's like, up, 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 not even you are allowed in my private lab, blah, 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 blah. And he's like yawning like he, he, he's he been sleeping for days or he hasn't had any sleep in days or anything. He's, he's been up working for a week, a week straight and hasn't slept. Yeah. Um, and he sits there and he drinks the tea. I got to tell you, that is the worst. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I like Derek J. Wyatt's designs, but I'm sorry. I kind of almost agree with Kevin when he says his humans are kind of bad. When uh, when some deck is, is gulping the tea, you can see the the old man crease line in his neck. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to pop a fucking vein. But the yes. guy hasn't slept in, like, days. He hasn't so, slept in days. I know. So he's like, oh, did I did I create these at some point? I don't remember. I just slept in it. Yeah, I'm not even thirsty. I'm like, All right, I'd like another one of those, please. Yeah. I'm Ooh, not even hungry. Happened. I think I'd like a, a horse. <laughs> just, I can bring me a cow and I'll cut off the pieces I want and send the rest home. Yeah, I did not like Sumdak. He's funny. I I mean, I can see why he's there, but yeah, he's kind of a useless plot uh, device. I, I like him. He becomes more important later. Yeah, he he's okay, but just in this specific episode, it's like, really? <laughs> I I I like him. I think he's an interesting character. Well, poor and... Prowl. Prowl just can't get a break. No, he can't. Yeah, he no peace and quiet. He can't watch his nature documentaries. He can't sleep in a tree. He just, you know, no one's giving him a break here. Kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, it's yeah. He just man, I can see why he's frustrated. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and 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 of course, half the time his frustration comes from oh, guess who? The dick of the show, Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> Still being rough on the bee. I'll admit I don't care for him all that much in the show, but he does become more likable the more I will agree that he does become more likable. But as of right now, he is the biggest douchebag in Transformers history. 
I mean, Bumblebee is like second only to Kicker at this point in my mind. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, that's just, it's so, so rough. I don't know. You know, in this episode, uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but he he has a learning experience, and in the next episode, he has a learning experience, and uh, you know, he just he, he grows as a character continuously. Now, granted, three or four episodes down the road, he's going to relapse and be an idiot again, but he's progressing. Bumblebee is the... <laughs> he's he's kind of like Spider-Man. He's not... Uh, Spider-Man is not as bad as Bumblebee in the in, in, in the dick area, but it's, it's one of those things where Spider-Man has all this growth, and then something, just some big thing will set him back and just take all that care... Oh, God. No, it's a better reference if I do it this way. Bumblebee is the animated version of Shia LaBitch. Ah, uh, they sigh. <laughs> you go a little too far on that one. I know. Uh, it's so. reaching. Uh, my final note was, Transformers should not play Twister. <laughs> <laughs> and that's at the beginning scene when they first, when Sorry first does the slumber party. Um, I did like how Bulkhead tried to get into her sleeping bag. It barely fit over his toe. Uh, it did. Uh, no, it didn't even fit over his toe. <laughs> oh, God. Steve, what do you have for this one? Um, I have, well, I like uh, Megatron and his big glowy, like, purple and blue electrical self when he comes back online and he looks fucked up. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it almost like in a sense kind of reminds me of Beast Machines. Uh not necessarily the fact that he's kind of fucked up but the the sense that uh uh I mean he kind of has like a G1-esque look to him which I mean that's pretty much typical of all Megatrons but uh, he has more of a Beast Machines tie just because when he comes online, he ends up connecting to a bunch of networks of machines uh, and causing problems for the uh, Autobots. Right. Oh, yeah. I'll I can that. see that. Because sure. yeah. he's plugged into a computer, and that's the only way he can... Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yes. Where's my body? What antiquated system am I hooked into? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, like one of his jokes. He had, uh, "You Autobot fools are the keepers of the Allspark. This must be some cosmic joke." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Angry Archer, like I said, uh, rejected DC Comics character. Don't care for him at all. That gets thrown into the lot of all the rest of the human villains, which I could care less if they were in the show. Yeah, um, I, I kind in retrospect, I kind of like how they throw in a couple human villains for the group to kind of wet their their appetite for, get their get their feet wet with. As far but, as cause they're not heroes, right? They're they're stepping into this, you know, not really, you know, they're 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 a janitorial crew in space. So these human villains kind of give them a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be heroes uh, before the, the Decepticons show up and trounce their asses. Yeah. I mean, the human villains by themselves, I think the only one so far, and, and we'll get to this eventually. Princess. That's the only one I cannot stand. Out of, out of all the human villains, that's the only one I can't. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Cannot stand. Might be my favorite. Oh, God. <laughs> Only because Mike doesn't like it. <laughs> I have to take um, the opposite stance of Blanchard. Yes. No, I. Whereas Transformers Prime did the human element right, I don't think this exactly hit it. I understand they were going for a kid point of view, but I still don't like it. Um, I like Megatron's coming back online. I am Megatron. Kind of like the movie. Yeah, he he's kind of like. But in this, it's almost better than the first movie where he immediately says it. Like, Hugo Weaving immediately says it. But in this, Corey Burton's version, he's like, I, I am, am, mega, mega. It's kind of like he's stuttering. And I like that a lot. That was cool. Well, he's damaged. He's coming to terms with the fact he's not in front of Prime anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I think I'm messing up my judicious use of mute. I'm sorry. Oh. I, was, uh, I was clearing my throat there, and then it occurred to me I might be live. <laughs> sorry. Well, it's better edit, than being feel, dead. Feel free to edit that out. Yeah, I'm like, but, but it's better than being dead. So. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, I, that's happened to me before, actually. I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I like the computer references that they have in this. Looks like somebody forgot to defrag his hard drive. (laughs) Yeah. Even though it's like antiquated, like it's just still cool to see in there. I don't like the twister (laughs) thing. I'll just be honest on that. I think it's, I understand. I mean, and again, this is more so catered towards children. So I can kind of see where uh, some of these little stupid things come up. Well, and the other thing is, sorry is in her own way. Well, yeah, but that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say was sorry in her own way is trying to teach them about human life and human interaction, but it's coming from an eight-year-old little girl. So you have to think at the time, what would an eight-year-old little girl be into and whatever else? (laughs) Um, You know, this isn't G1. This isn't – this isn't – no, and I know know everybody knows that this isn't G1, but (laughs) – this isn't G1. This isn't Spike, the 16-year-old boy who is into, you know, into giant robots and wants to help them and, and, and teams up with Wheeljack to create the dino. But th- this isn't that. So, I mean, this has its own flavor. I, I see where the kid angles come in. But, yeah, Transformers, especially Bulkhead. Bulkhead should not play Twister. <laughs> he can barely walk straight, let alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like a walking, like, foldable Cosmos bowling ball, like, figure. Yeah. Uh, I like how Prowl wins at the end. 
Well, that's because Prowl is the most agile. He's, a, he's the ninja. Yeah, he jumps down and, woo, I win, and then jumps away real quick. He's just a little too bit flexible. <laughs> yeah. Where's Alita 1 when you really need her? Oh, wait, we'll get to that. Never we'll mind. We'll get to that later. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to that much later. Never mind. Um, <laughs> what else did you have, Steve? Um... Well, besides those, um, trying to see, uh, um, um, edit point, um, don't fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, I like how Megatron eventually reveals himself to Sumdak and that doesn't into... come till later. Shut your face. I don't care. Now, child, I will show you true fear. I like that quote. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen until two episodes from now, though. But he reveals no, more Cybertronian technology to Sumdak in order right. to get a new body. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that Sumdak can learn. If I teach you, will you learn? <laughs> yeah, that's all I got, though. <laughs> Thank you, Yoda. Uh, yeah, I like uh, the fact that they live in an abandoned auto manufacturing plant in Detroit. Because like that's what Detroit is known for, and that's pretty much all they're known for. And it it just kind of you know leads into the sometime in the future, their auto manufacturing just takes a total dive. And it, you know if it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for the the uh, Sumdac Robotics industry, then the whole city would just fall into the into the lake there. Just very fear. true. I just thought it was funny. I thought it was ironic. Let's say, you know, it's it's a, an abandoned auto manufacturing plant, and now they live in it. Yeah. Which I thought was really strange. I didn't place this as, you know, like a uh, an industrial facility. I just thought it was like a big warehouse. And it wasn't until they show all of the mechanical arms and all all this stuff and uh, going on, and that uh, it occurred to me, wait a minute, they built cars here. So yeah, that was kind of like a dumb moment later on, but you know, once I figured that out, it was like, oh man, they're you know car robots that live in a building where they used to make cars. <laughs> Silly, yeah. But what's really funny though is that Bulkhead finds himself in a Saw movie. <laughs> yeah. Bulkhead, I would like to play a game. Uh, you know, they tie him down to a conveyor belt and move him slowly to a machine that's going to crush his head. I I just thought that was funny. I expected to see the uh, you know the the puppet uh, toddling around on a tricycle. Wow. We really we really ought to do that. We gotta we gotta mash those two together somehow. I think that would be funny. Oh boy. But uh, Bumblebee finds out that speed doesn't always work. He's not oh. going to be able to just, you know, uh, motor his way through everything very quickly as possible. He has to master the uh, uh, prowls technique, stillness, and then strike. Which I think he did once successfully, and you could see the beads of sweat coming off his face as he tried to stay still. He just couldn't do it. Yeah, uh, yeah and then once he does do it, then that's the only time he has to do it. <laughs> I thought it would have been cool if he would have been like 
like Prowl did, like four or five times in a row, if he would just jump and then stop and then jump and then stop. Uh, but he did it once. And it was like, all right, he's learning, but it looked like he was about to, you know, drop a spleen. Right. Yeah, but, you know, he, 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 he learns and he disables the assembly line. So, you know, good, good for him. But I think, uh, uh, you know, the key moment that comes from this is at, at the end where Bumblebee is starting to learn from Prowl. Where he not not so much oh what a good lesson but no, he's actually learning uh, he's actually training under Prowl at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, he's still his character is not developed enough for me. So Prowl I mean, or Bumblebee? It, it, Bumblebee. Oh well, he's gonna get. He there. gets there towards the middle of this episode, but just those few beginning scenes is just like will his dickery have no end <laughs> it doesn't end anytime soon no Find out next week on transformers animated <laughs> <laughs> do we have anything else for home is where the spark is uh no oh you know i thought that, i thought the uh uh bulkhead quote was funny where he said this earth stuff is hard <laughs> It's just a, it's like, oh, you have no idea. All right, we're going to move on. Guess you didn't get the memo about the acid that melts through anything? Fools! Nothing can hold me! Suggestions on how to stop him? Hey, how about using the one thing that stopped us? Sorry! The auto defense field! I say let him stew in his own juices. Big help you were, Bullkid. Why don't you just draw a big bullseye over that oversized chest plate of yours? I gotta admit, kid, for a little bot, you got a great big spark. You showed a lot of courage taking that hit for Bulkhead. Sorry about yanking your crankcase. I was just having a little fun. Little? Did you say little? No! Uh, I mean, yeah. No, but I didn't mean... I may be small, but I'm scrappy. And I can run circles around your big old rusty chassis. You know, I got major skills. It's gonna be impossible to live with now, isn't it? Oh yeah. Big time. I go like this. And I'd be all like this. So up next is Total Meltdown. After having his funding cut by Porter C. Powell, Cyrus the Colossus Rhodes goes berserk during a demonstration. Prometheus Black experiments with the fluid leaked by Bumblebee, which results in Prometheus becoming Meltdown. With his new melting powers, he vows to eliminate Isaac Sumdak, but the Autobots prevent him to carry out his ominous plan. Um... The first thing I thought of was a Roid Rage episode. Really? You know, I, I'm getting ahead of myself here in this one, but 
uh, Cyrus reminds me of Bane on Batman. Yeah, I, and, and and that's really where my roid rage line comes. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's basically Transformers version of Bane, but it's right. less awesome. He's got he's got like the huge drug pumpers on his back. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, he's clearly on Venom. Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, at least Bumblebee finally got all the punches I've been wanting to give him because he got pummeled by uh, Cyrus. Uh, yeah, by yeah by Cyrus Col- uh, Colossus. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I I just like did fist bumps in the air like yes yes yes. <laughs> well, what kills me though is, is you know we talked about how Bumblebee loves attention. Yeah, and he loves the spotlight so much that he turns to professional wrestling. <laughs> I was like, man, how much attention do you really need? It just seems pretty ridiculous, you know. But he gets in there and just gets a snot beat out of him, which was kind of cool. <laughs> it's like, who are you calling little guy? And he pounds him in the dirt. But uh, Yosari uses her key to heal him halfway through the fight. And, you know, as if we haven't used the key enough already. Uh, Would this be considered cheating? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But then again, I mean, really, then again, Sari using her key on Bumblebee is no more cheating than Colossus Rhodes is doing with his steroids. So, I mean, it's kind of like an even playing field here. I suppose, but I mean, you know... The steroids are built into him. It's part of him. It's kind of like Bumblebee and the Stingers, which he oh. really underutilizes here. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the the uh, the key is completely external to him. So by him getting a second wind, it's not really fair. Not yeah. that it helps him any, because he gets trounced again anyway. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's why I don't consider her her using the key on him during the match cheating because as you just said it didn't really help he still got beaten the shit out of <laughs> so, so pounds on him so, but I, I like yeah. how, I, I like how he's bleeding he actually he's on the ground and he's bleeding from wounds yep which I thought was cool I mean it comes back later you know he's supposed to bleed it's part of the plot right but uh no it was funny it reminded me of predator <laughs> if, if it bleeds we can kill it <laughs> Um, I think Steve White does a better one of that. One of the whole A points of this episode is that it's Prometheus versus Sumdak and trying to get the you know the city contract for who's going to patrol the city, whether it's Sumdak's police robots or whether it's uh, Prometheus's roid raging people. Um, and this is where <laughs> the reference I mentioned last episode comes in. Uh, so we don't have a repeat of that unfortunate incident with the captain's wife. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really go into that. Right, no. <laughs> but they don't really go into it. But after Sumdak says it, you, they cut to, uh, to fan zone and he just kind of like grimaces. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then the conference is over. And Sumdak's like, uh, we'll my talk soon, Captain. My regards to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought that was funny that uh, in in Detroit you've got you know a giant robot police officer that looks vaguely like the Ed Two Hundred Nine. It's 
So you've got the Sumdex Systems Ed 209, and he says, well, <laughs> he doesn't say it, but I was thinking, you have 10 seconds to comply. <laughs> well, like the Ed 209, it gets blown up, but I was kind of wishing that they had pushed that, you know, that analogy a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, okay. Mm. I get they have to show all the Autobots transforming. And eventually when we get to meet the Decepticons, they'll have to show them transforming. I'm already sick of the stock animation of the transform scene. I I already oh. know how they transform. I don't need to see it again. I was going to say, there, there's a, an episode coming up where they they start doing the uh, the tornado transformation. Yep. It's not as vexing as I thought it was going to be. But it's... You know, still like, ah, what are they doing? You know, I'd rather watch the stock footage than watch them spin around a little tornado. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, and I, I forget what episode it is when they first start doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it in my notes right away, but so it must be like seven, eight, or nine or something. Yeah, like a few that. episodes down the line. Yeah, yeah. Once they start doing it, it's like, ah, what is that? Yeah. My final note, and the only really real smile I got out of watching Bumblebee was, was hey, watch the paint job, which is a nice G1 Sunstreaker reference. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. when he got hit by, uh, when Bumblebee got hit by, by the acid. <laughs> <laughs> what else uh, we got? What do you got for this one, Steve? Well, uh... I didn't really care for this episode particularly. I think okay, it's more fine. so again another human villain. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. <laughs> this is a cool human villain though. It's granted, I will give you that. It 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 makes me think about Blight from Batman Beyond. In a sense. Uh, oh yeah, remember that one. He's no. uh, powers in uh, mm-hmm. Batman Beyond. Okay. You'd have to see the show to actually know. He's he, like, yeah. Derek Powers in Batman Beyond got toxic chemicals spilled all over him, and he ended up this radiation entity slash skeleton that was basically take DC oh, Comics that atomic guy. skull. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I like that guy. And yeah, this is kind of yeah. Yeah, this is kind of like I see the resemblance now that Steve pointed it out. That's the first yeah. thing that I thought about when I saw this, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much... Uh, but it's it's a cool take on it. But I still think Batman did it better. Yeah. Well, not not is... a bad villain, though. I would say that if they had to have any of these human villains in here, this would be the only one I would accept. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the only one that's really powerful enough to defeat an Autobot. True. The other ones are like, uh, you know, talking to them and they're like, get off my lawn. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like, I have a bow and arrow, you know, (laughs) or, you know, or, you know, just something lame, you know, and and this guy's like, I can melt your face. What's your power? I can shoot acid at you. (laughs) Like, oh, that's (laughs) that's pretty scary, actually. (laughs) I mean, all, all he needs is like a second pair of jaws to come out and bust through your skull and he'd be an alien. Wow. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. I might be stretching it with the analogy there a little bit. But no, I, I, I do like this bad guy. Yeah, he is very cool. 
and this won't be the only time that we see him. So very, very cool. Yeah. Well, it's cool is that he comes back with something that's actually relevant to G1. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to that later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that much later. Yeah, but I like how they mix him in. I mean, he. This is your 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 classic mad scientist gone bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's working with the, the the super steroids and stuff that you know he really shouldn't be toying with. Toying in God's domain. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and he's he and it it turns around and it bites him. Yep. The ass, you know? They don't actually show him getting uh, splashed or infected or whatever it is, you know, but it's like one second he's like, ah, you know, and the next second he he's he's crying acid from his from his you know, sunglasses, which is just messed yeah. up. My eyes It would have been cool if they would have shown it. But maybe they they thought that it was a little much for little kids or something. Well it isn't Batman after all. They can't show, you know, somebody getting killed or mutated <laughs> I don't know. They showed. Uh, well, that, that's that's later. I'll say that, save that for later. Okay. Um, what else, Steve? Um. Well, I don't know. I just I don't like this episode. Other than that, other than the character, I don't really care for the episode. And it, there's yet another all spark key usage. Yeah, there's. We should so start a count of how many damn times this key has been used. At this point, it's too many to count. It yeah, would be on three hands. I'll have Kevin go back, and I'll make him do it, or I'll, I'll <laughs> ask him to do it. And then we'll yeah. keep track from here on out. No, I'll ask him to do it from here to the end of the show. That yeah. way, he that, that could, because he always likes pointing out, oh my god, they're using the fucking key again. So, since Kevin likes to point it out all the time... Yeah, we'll, so we'll, we'll have, have a special sound effect, maybe, that plays. It says, all spark key, plot device... Hello. <laughs> Plot device goes here. <laughs> you hear ching every time it happens. Yeah. What uh, What do you have for uh, total meltdown, Michael? Uh, well, first of all, you know Captain Fanzo is a crooked cop. How do you figure? Well, it's like at the beginning, uh, he's got you know the skybox seats with uh, Prometheus Black, and and he's watching the wrestling match. And he's like, yeah, thanks for all the gifts and the blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're not trying to, uh, you know, sway the, the, the police department, are you? And he's like, oh, no. You know, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And you took every freaking bribe. That's why you're up there in the, in the skybox, you know. Okay, and, well, I, I can kind of argue that because that was the way that Prometheus was presenting his method of protecting the city. Yeah, and yeah. granted, it's it's more on Prometheus. Yes, Fanzone is in the wrong for for taking this stuff, but it's more on Prometheus trying to you know tr- trying to bribe him rather than Fanzone is an out and out dirty cop. And you know, yeah. Fanzone is nowhere near Mister Training Day over there, Denzel Washington. Thank God. <laughs> well, but I mean, anyway, continue. Hand, yeah, on the one hand, I, I with Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kind of like that because he's not the one trick pony. He's not, oh, I hate machines, and that's his one line. You know, here he's actually interacting with other characters in the show that doesn't involve him hating machines. Right, yeah. So it's like, well, okay, I'll, I'll kind of buy that, you know. Uh, and then the whole Fanzone's wife debacle, uh, you know, it kinda, it's kind of adding to his character. Yeah. So I, that was welcome for me, I, you know. Uh, the other uh, big part of this episode was you know, quote-unquote, Bumblebee is little. Yeah, we Ugh. get it. He's, he's short, yeah. you know. And and the whole time it was puns or, or you know, it's like, uh, oh, he comes up a little short. You know? um, even <laughs> even um, Prowl gets in on it, and he, I yeah. forget exactly what he said, but it was it was something funny. Uh, and Bulkhead's like, oh, the Ninja Bot gets in a good one. You know? <laughs> everybody's in on it and Bumblebee is just so uh, overly sensitive about it yeah you know he's just like what do you mean little you know it's like oh sorry little guy oh, oh didn't call you little you know <laughs> it's like and it, it, it keeps up for like 10 minutes yeah it you gets know? old yeah you know, I don't want to say I mean it's it's adding Again, to his to to his character, right? He's he's the littlest one. I get it. You know, I mean, we sat through three or four episodes of that in Beast Machines, up until uh, Rat Trap finally got the you know the giant Ed two hundred nine body from Megatron, right? Uh, and it it partially it makes me wonder, you know, at what point is Bumblebee going to get a giant Ed two hundred nine body? Well, we already had the Ed two hundred nine reference in the in the uh, police robot, so. Yeah, but I mean, this isn't helping Bumblebee. I mean, at a certain point, he gets his booster rockets. That doesn't help him either, though. It so. <laughs> doesn't really help, though. No. It doesn't make him any taller. And no, that's what I'm not expecting. at all. I mean, I'm expecting, you know, like, Ultra Magnus power armor for him so that he'll be taller than Prime and be like, ah, you know, that type of thing. This is not Armada, thank God. <laughs> that's right. We can't defeat Megatron. Power up, you know. Uh, uh, but again, I I did like Meltdown. Um, the name is Meltdown. You know, I mean, you know, you're a supervillain when you take an uh, uh, you know an alternate ego name, right? And he shoots acid, which is awesome. I really like that. And he's chasing some deck around. And what I didn't understand is why wouldn't Megatron step in and help some deck? You know, considering. From Megatron's point of view, Sumdak is the only person that knows he's ex- he's alive, right? He's the only person that can help him get his body back, and yet there's this crazy guy running around shooting acid at him. Well, as I said before, Megatron hasn't revealed himself. To, like Me- Megatron's still trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, in the last episode, you've seen, we've seen that he can take control of machinery. Right. There's an awful I mean, lot of robots as... running around in Sumdak's lab. Yeah, well, that's that's robots. This is a guy that spits acid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, I was just, I was expecting, you know, Megatron 
like, you know, hey, that's my meal ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Keep off of him or you're going to have to talk to me. But again, because he hasn't – because Megatron has this whole thing and we'll get to this next episode. Megatron hasn't revealed himself to even Sumdac yet. Yes, Megatron has, you know, interest in Sumdac. But as I said before – Megatron's still trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Oh, that's okay. You're right. Yeah, he doesn't reveal himself to some deck until the next episode. Right. So Megatron just wakes up and sees the Starscream thing, and then he sees the Autobots. His first thought is, I got to go destroy the Autobots, or I got to have these little nanobots go destroy the Autobots. And I I believe it's in the end of this episode, or it might be in the beginning of the next episode, uh, where he says to himself, he says, well, maybe I need to reveal more of my Cybertronian stuff to Sumdac so he can do whatever. But it's not until the next episode that we'll be talking about today that he actually truly reveals himself. So Megatron going after Meltdown would have totally fucked the entire story. Right. Yeah, I'll I'll buy that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Another comic book tie-in. And this one, this is really stretching it. Okay, so the the first comic book tie-in, you've you've got Cyrus as Bane on Batman – and he uh-huh. and Bane, the whole thing on Bane is he gets huge by using a steroid called Venom. Speaking of Venom, this is where we stretch. Cyrus doesn't like high frequency sounds, just like Venom, Venom on the, Spider-Man. The, yep, the symbiote suit. No, that, no, that's not a stretch at all. Okay, yeah. All right, and that's, that's like ink on Batman Beyond. Yep. Ooh, yeah, well, it all ties back to Batman Beyond. Yep. <laughs> But no, I was just thinking, I'm putting two and two together in my head, and I'm like, wow, I wonder, and I'm thinking, you know, this passed through their minds when they wrote this. I mean, it had to have. I like Ratchet's line of, um, when Optimus tries putting the bell over Meltdown, and he's like, Ratchet's like, didn't you get the memo of the guy who can melt through anything? (laughs) (laughs) That was my first thought was, what is that bell going to do? Was he going to ring the bell? (laughs) over his head i mean that would suck sure but the guy doesn't have ears i don't think it's gonna do any good but again uh bumblebee learns and he's progressing as a character to the point where he takes one for the team at the end i'll give him that yeah i'll I'll give him that but like the first first 20 minutes is like i'll give him the last eight minutes of the episode the first 20 (laughs) eh. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, he he's shown himself uh, to be very brave. You know, at, at the at the end of the uh, the movie in the beginning, or right, the where he throws himself off the parking garage into the giant worm thing. Yeah, yeah, you're going down. You know, I mean, <sighs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and here he he jumps out in front of the acid shot that was uh, you know meant for somebody else. Uh, you know, as annoying as he can be, he he has a heroic streak in him. He's a brave little guy. I will agree he has his moments. Unfortunately, his dickish moments outweigh his good moments at this point in time. All right, well, just, just wait. You know, eventually he's going to be in the Elite Guard. Not in the series. He's not only in toy form. <laughs> Season four. Right. <laughs> That's funny. We have anything else for a total meltdown? Nah. Nope. All right, we are moving on. I can't thank you enough. And again, my apologies for the um, 
glitch in their programming. You call breathing fire a glitch? I suppose I was overly inspired by you Autobots and your powers. I should be more careful when I try to reverse engineer alien technology. So what will you do with them? Keep them in the energy cage for now, then melt them down first thing in the morning. Melt them? After all, they are still just mindless machines. But I... I sense something. A life force, a, a spark. What if they are more than just mindless machines? That's an awfully big what-if, Prowl. But I think Professor Sumdak is right. These things are far too dangerous. Come on, Autobots. Let's roll! Thanks again for your help getting them here. And thanks for keeping it a secret from the others. The Dinobots won't cause any harm here. And with a little holographic trickery, no one will even know they're here. Do you really think it's the right thing to do? Just because something is big and lumbering and destructive doesn't mean you give up on it. And finally up today is Blast from the Past. Megatron has just made himself known to Isaac Sumdak and tricks the inventor into thinking that he is an Autobot. He then helps him in reprogramming some robotic dinosaurs after Bulkhead accidentally destroys them at a robotic theme park. While Sumdak tries to rebuild them, Prowl teaches Bulkhead how to think and move, which doesn't work. Behind Isaac's back, Megatron upgrades these Dinobots, Grimlock, Snarl, and Swoop. And yes, the Snarl is the Triceratops, and yes, uh, Slag is now a curse word in Transformers lore, so... Uh, <laughs> I was yeah. going to name him Slag, but I thought it would hurt his feelings. <laughs> exactly. Uh, these are to become his new attack drones, but during their rampage, both Ratchet and Bumblebee try to use an, an EMP attack... To disable them. However, Sari's key gets pulled into the mix again, which gives the Dinobots a small semblance of spark. Megatron <laughs> tricks them into attacking the Autobots because all the cars are bad. Uh, Our robots bad. This forces the Cybertronians uh, to battle them. 
It is during this fight that Bulkhead proves to be exactly what the Autobots need to be need him to be to stop the Dinobots. His muscle more than a match for. Oh God! You suck at this. Man. Shut up! I know. <laughs> His muscle is more than a match for the Dinobots' muscle. Sumdak thinks it would be better to dismantle the Dinobots and Prime agrees, but Prowl, who senses a life force inside them, going back to his, uh, he is the mystic rhino of this series. Uh, he and Bulkhead, without Prime's knowledge, uh, take the Dinobots to an island. So we have Dinobot Island reference. Ah. <sighs> Okay, that about covers it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. If they if some of these synopsises weren't so long, I wouldn't suck at them. But <laughs> Wikipedia has varying lengths of each one. Yeah. So you know, it's they, not like it's not like I'm reading from the books anymore because there were no books with the DVDs. I thought we weren't going to do synopsises for these. How else are we going to get the thing out? Anyway. Um. Seriously, Bulkhead destroys every car while driving. He's not that big of an SUV. I mean, he's not that big of he's an a, APC. He's an armored personnel carrier. He's huge. He's not that, like, APCs are big, but they're not that big where they take up the entire street and destroy every single car. <laughs> he's clumsy. Oh, God. Give break. You know, and again, like the last episode, it's like they beat you over the head with it. Bumblebee's small. He's little, you know. And in this one, they beat you over the head with it. Bulkhead's big. He's he's really big, and he bumps into things, and he's klutzy, and you know they they try to to work on it. You know, Prowl is, is uh, you know trying to train him uh, to not be clumsy, I guess. Which which uh, fails. Which fails, right? You know, but it, you know at the end, getting ahead of myself here. It turns out. No, hey, I, no, I, you know, I know it's you know that they, they, they need his brute strength. And it's like, oh, life lessons. Um, so Megatron, this is where Megatron reveals himself. But let's keep my existence a secret. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, I, I don't want to beat this. What? That doesn't work. Obviously, not later on it doesn't. It does for now. Well, you know, like if you have like two girlfriends and you tell the one girlfriend. You know, oh God! This is a secret from the. Other I can't people. believe you're equating Megatron's secret existence to having two girlfriends. Oh God! Let's okay, just keep so. this between us, if you will. You know, oh God. it never works because they all. I always find out. Yeah. Uh, you know, eventually um, your your body gets re- replaced and you you know you jump out of a mountain or something. It's one of those things where, with Bulkhead, they're trying to change him. Just let him be what he is. I mean, yeah, the guy is clumsy, but they're, 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 he's to the point where he's so clumsy and large, he, he, he's too big to be gentle. He just is. It's just not his style. And it's, you know, it's kind of like somebody, oh, uh, actually, this kind of goes back to transmutate. Oh, I want you to be this. No, I want you to be this. Why don't you just let them be what they are, you know? Um, so, so what you're saying there is uh, you like Bulkhead, so it's it's bad to change him. But you hate Bumblebee, so it's perfectly okay to change him. There's a difference between a, a, a regular character flaw of being super clumsy and just being an outright dick to people. <laughs> I mean, not, he, I don't think he does it on purpose. He's just, you know, a, a little on the naturally obnoxious side. <sighs> 
Um, Megatron creates the Dinobots, yay. And, and then, of course, he tricks them. They feed on your bones. I so <laughs> didn't didn't really care for the whole thing of tying, you know, the fossils and the fossil fuel into car oh. robots bad. Yeah. You'd think That's... this far in the future everything would be solar powered or something. Exactly. <laughs> At the time this in, you know, in G1, Wheeljack creates the Dinobots. Right. Uh, and in animated Megatron's head creates the Dinobots. Right. Yeah, that's as far as it goes. I just couldn't think of anything past that. Uh, and then it of course, blew my mind. Wasn't the um, the Japanese series called Car Robots? And of course, the Dinobots must destroy Car Robots. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the Japanese name for robots in disguise. Yes. Although Derek J. Wyatt claims it's not the reason why that was in there. Well, oh, really? Right. Okay. I, I didn't, yeah. And that's fine. I mean, you know, we're just alluding. You know, we're we're finding connections that probably aren't there. And as podcasters, that's what we do. But <laughs> uh, stupid nature, come back and fight. Grimlock that's... transforms me, Grimlock like. <laughs> After he gets pooped on. Yeah. <laughs> After he gets pooped on. I I really like the fact that they they gave him a robot mode and you know he comes back all the Dinobots come back and yeah. they play pretty substantial roles later but you know I was really expecting these guys to you know just be throwaway you know, oh they're not real they're just robots and we're gonna put them on an island where they can graze and, and shoot flames at birds uh, and then at the end he transforms. <laughs> and it's like, woo! And you know the other two transform, but they don't show. Yeah, it. the other two transform as well. Yeah, I mean, that, I just thought it was cool. But when, uh, and again, jumping right into the middle of the story here, when we've already talked about the end, but Megatron adds—I uh, forget the term he used—but you know, modifications yep. into into their their design, and he tells them, "I designed you. I created you." You know, I, I'm your leader. And, you know, Grimlock gives him the finger. It says, oh. Uh, but Megatron says, well, I added modifications like flame breath. You know, and, and so, some deck gives him the third degree. It's like, why would you add flame breath? And he says, well, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to build a new body for myself, and I thought I'd try some stuff out on these, you know. Uh which should have raised huge red flags for some deck to begin with, but it's it uh, yeah, yeah. It's like okay, so you're a psychopath and you are controlling my you know robotic empire at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it didn't say anything about the ability to transform. It does. Well, some uh, Megatron said he added modifications, and some deck is like modifications as in plural and he goes yes yeah, but yeah you're right he he didn't actually say what the second mod was well and that's what makes me wonder now now sorry's key affected all of them uh and and what what makes me wonder is is that how they ended up with sparks probably yes. they're not yes. they're not just machines anymore they they have been granted life by the all spark Right, uh, or at yeah. least, sorry, is key. They don't come out and say that, 
But, you know, Prowl is like, I think I sense something within them. And the question becomes now, did the Allspark also give them robot modes? Or the ability to transform? It because probably later did. On, yeah, well, later on, you've got, uh, you know, random cars and thing, garbage trucks that, that can suddenly transform from the use mm-hmm. of the... Uh, the AllSpark fragments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but here it's like, well, so they give, they get a spark and a robot mode from Sari's key? I mean, that's huge. Steve? I was going to say, technically, it, it, it probably does, but it doesn't. Maybe it's something that uh, essentially got, uh, and, and I'm saying this with a grain of salt, because... Uh, Megatron could have programmed it specifically into Grimlock, uh, being that he's the only Dinobot that transforms, yet all three of them are alive. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm assuming yeah, the whereas, like, future robots get all spark fragments, which is what actually ultimately gives them life. I mean, with Grimlock, it could be a combination of the two, like Steve said. Megatron could have programmed an alt mode, but Megatron is not an all-giving life source. So maybe when Sari boosted the EMP with her key, maybe giving them life allowed them to access the alt mode. Maybe it was there in the... It's kind of like when you have... um, an Apple, like, say you have a game on your computer running, but you have other stuff running in the background. You know, it could be something like that. Okay. This well, is another one the only thing I could, it was the only analogy I could think of. Yeah. No, this is another one of those where, you know, we ask Derek Wyatt, and he's going to be like, you're thinking too much into this. <laughs> Just don't overanalyze. But that's the point of reviewing the show yeah. is to... Overanalyze. Did he get their robot mode from Megatron, or did he get it from Sorry? Yeah. Or from G1 Wheeljack, which is you know my preferred. You know, process. <laughs> I'll, I'll totally buy that. Yeah. Steve, what do you have for a blast from the past? Um, first of all, I like the introduction of the Dinobots. Granted, in their archaic form to begin with, was kind of a. Uh, Interesting to see how that they eventually fix them to, or quote-unquote fix them, uh, to be more, you know, realistic in which they were brought to life. Uh, I like how Megatron revealed himself, just kind of talking out of nowhere, just, you know, Sumdex <laughs> talking to the Tutorbot, and then Megatron just is like, yeah, I never knew that either, and then he's like, What? You know, it's just, I don't know, it's just crazy. Yeah. He's like, you talk? I've been pulling parts off of your face for decades. <laughs> um, I, I thought maybe you should go with the chicken sandwich today. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> He's like, could I borrow the Allsparky? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I like that. I like how... Uh, Megatron finally, you know, comes back and then basically talks a bunch of shit that gets Sumdak to believe that he's on his side. Uh, yes, I'm an Autobot, but don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody I'm here. Don't tell Optimus. Let's keep it a secret from all my other girlfriends. Yes, uh, I I just thought that was kind of interesting that he just 
pulled that one. All the while, he's, you know, I, I like the fact that he tested ideas out on Grimlock that he never actually used. Yeah. Which helped fill the plot void of trying to create the actual classic Grimlock, in a sense. Oh, yeah. And uh, I I love how, at the end, he just all of a sudden goes and transforms and pulls out the uh, Energo sword with uh, flames on it. Yes, yeah. I love that. That's awesome. And the flaming sword was cool. Yes, definitely cool. And it's funny how Megatron comes up with his name for Grimlock. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I'm 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 locked in this grim situation or whatever it was. My prospects are grim. Locked in this prison of a lab. Yeah. Grimlock. <laughs> Grimlock. Uh, that is some awesome writing right there. Mm-hmm. This is where you yeah. start actually getting into some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I like this episode. I actually, I found myself thinking more of Jurassic Park in the beginning. You when can't they, help but think of Jurassic Park. I well, mean, it, when they first go to the dinosaur exhibit, I mean, that. yeah, you're right. You can't help but think about Jurassic Park. Right, it's called Dino Drive, and as soon as you drive up, they, I don't want to say cue the Jurassic Park theme music, but it's very similar to the Jurassic yeah. Park theme music. Yeah. And then later on, when they when Sumdeck reintroduces them, he's like, I give you the Dinobots! And then cue the Jurassic Park theme music again. And it's it's cool. I mean, I, I really like Jurassic Park. It's a classic, right? Uh, but I, I think they were pushing this a little heavily. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of were, um, and but it, went, it only happens for one episode. So I mean, it's it's yeah. not like you know, it's not a total plot device like other things are. To take it a step further, later on when you hear Grimlock roar, uh-huh. his roar is just straight Jurassic Park T Rex. It's not as oh. long or as trumpeting, but it's it's almost like they took a sound clip from it. Yeah, I'm sure that's possible. No, they're they're really pushing the analogy, and I like it again because I really like Jurassic Park. But you know, it's it's at some point it, you know, it goes from homage to, to. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> homage to oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that that is kind of funny. Um, anything else, Michael or or Steve? Do you guys have anything else on on Blast from the Past? Do we have anything else we have to cover for it? Mm, I don't think so. Uh, I had a couple ideas here. Um, I like the the teamwork between Bumblebee and Ratchet. Uh, this is the first time that that uh, Bumblebee uses electricity, and Ratchet has used the magnetism together to you to create like an electromagnetic pulse, or it's like a like a like a super laser of some sort. But, uh, you know, they're, they're using it against the Dinobots, and things seem to be working out pretty well. But then Sari jumps in and plugs her key in. Now, it plugs her key into a Bumblebee while they're doing it. Now, yeah. this is uh, probably the point where all of them were granted sparks. But at the same time, the, the, the super laser they're using against the, the Dinobots melts off their skin. Yeah. 
isn't that a little traumatizing? I mean, you know, like, well, they were going to be in Beast Wars, but now they're in animated. I know. Well, it's it's kind of cool because it's like, well, you know, they they were dinosaurs, but now they're straight G one homages, right? I mean, it looks like Grimlock. It looks like Swoop. It looks like Slag, or Snarl. 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 I'll show you a slag. <laughs> it's a big pile of slag. Oh, sorry, my name's Snarl. Snarl, Snarl, Snarl. But, uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. It just melts off their skin. And I'm thinking, this is pretty traumatic here. I mean, if I was you know, a little kid, I'd be like, fuck, man. I mean, I don't know. I know that the three of them are, obviously, G1 homages. And I know that slag has become a curse word in the Transformers <laughs> You know, lore now. Big steaming pile of slag. <laughs> Slaggity slag, slag, slag. Slag it. Um, like, uh, I know that's become a Transformers curse word now and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't understand why. Like, I get that they... There's two levels here. I get why they use the, 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 the T-Rex, the Triceratops, and the Pteranodon. Because that's what the original three Dinobots were. Well, no. There were five. No, yeah. It was what three of the original five were because uh, Snarl and Swoop didn't come to later. Well, my question here is, instead of using the Triceratops, why not use the Stegosaurus and call the damn thing Snarl? Because that's what Snarl was in G1. That's the, a good the, question. That's, that's a really good question. The original three, now that I'm actually using my brain and thinking about it, the original three was the T-Rex, the Triceratops, which was Slag, and the um, Brontosaurus, which was Sludge. Sludge. Technically, and... there's no such thing as a Brontosaurus. He's a Brachiosaurus. Whatever he is. <laughs> Had to throw that in there. But you know, Sludge does make an appearance later. Right. But what I'm saying is, because of the whole name change, why not, instead of using the Triceratops and calling the damn thing Snarl, which was a character's you know, completely different... Why not yeah, use the yeah. Stegosaurus instead of the Triceratops and just yeah. call that Snarl instead of using, you know, Slag's form. Right. And not call, you know, that, 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 that was just the first thing that popped into my head when I really, you know, started yeah. thinking about it. But yeah, Personally, uh, I prefer the Stegosaurus over the Triceratops. Uh, when I was little, the one Dinobot that I actually owned was Snarl. <laughs> and his tail fell off. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's it's all right. Uh, so me Grimlock. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're going to head to some ads. Uh, yeah. What? What? You know, other stuff. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's well, fine. Just one more thing that the, uh, at the end, the whole moral of the story here, uh, or the whole moral of the B side of the story, uh, is that Bulkhead wins out not by following Prowl's advice. Or kind of like Bumblebee did, uh, but just by being himself, and and you know I mean he's good at breaking stuff, and at the end they're just like, dude, just just break stuff, you know? and he he goes all bulkhead smash, you know, and just <laughs> he runs through and just beats the snout out of all the the Dinobots, he just out of brute force, and you know all of the uh, bulkheadisms that come along with it, where he's like, sorry, my bad. But I like that at the end, you know, he just he wins out just by being himself, which, yeah. you know, it's it's uh, if you can't grow up and be a ninja, then you should at least try to be yourself. 
Exactly. So anything else? That's nope. It. All right, so we're going to move on to some ads, and then we're going to head to Cybertron where we have stranded Kevin, Optimus Solo, and we'll be back with the outro. Here is quote number one. All people want me to do is break stuff. Transformation Animation Podcast will be back after these messages. Soundwave, jam that transmission. Rumble, frenzy, ravage, rapid, inject, operation, interference. No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Future Tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on GeekCastRadio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes or the net, or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Now back to Transformation Animation Podcast. Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo reporting live from Cybertron. First, I'm giving you my thoughts on Episode 4, Home is Where the Spark Is, written by Michael Ryan. I don't understand the purpose of the opening scene with the Archer character. Uh, Maybe we'll see that character again, but as far as a first-time viewer of this episode, I have no idea why that scene was part of the episode. Then we get to the actual Transformers. Um, Once again, every time I hear David Kay's Optimus Prime voice, I cringe. Um, But I do like that Prime has bolas all of a sudden. I I, I like the weapons in this series so far, so I'll give them that. My main problem with this episode, even though it does develop the character of Prowl, it turned Prowl, which is one of my favorite G1 characters, into one of my least favorite Transformers characters of all time. Apparently he's an emo bot that likes meditating and, and, and he likes nature. Why couldn't we have just named Prowl Hound, so at least we were somewhat accurate with a character that likes nature? Whatever. Um, and uh, sorry, your key is not wicked cool. I'm sorry. 
Oh, I did it again. Um, other than that, I mean, it was a pretty basic uh, episode. I, I like Megatron's line of, uh, I have no hands. That was kind of humorous. I'm not 100% sure why, why Megatron can see everything that's going on. Uh, they didn't do a real good job of explaining why he can see what the little robot thing is doing. Um, but I can look past that. This, this episode did do a good job of setting up Megatron's character. Um, I, you know, it was all a character development episode for me, Prowl and Megatron. Um, so the action that was taking place in the episode is kind of... You know, it's not even important. But the animation is awful. Bum- Bumblebee squirming on the uh, when he gets picked up by that little hook grapple thing. Um, these Transformers are made of metal, and I, th- I wish they would have told the animators that. They're not elastic. Um, overall, not a great episode, not a horrible episode. I'll give this one a 4 out of 10. Let's move on to the next episode, which is Total Meltdown, written by Rich Fogel. Oh, my great God. This episode is terrible. Um, what's Bulkhead drinking in the beginning? That's just a question. It has nothing to do with why this episode is terrible. The episode goes a horrible down, horrible path right from the beginning when we find Bumblebee in a wrestling arena. What the fuck? Um, of course, we get a couple more key uses from Sari and the great key. I'm glad that's in a part of this series. Um, I'll eventually stop mentioning it, and you'll just have to assume that it's terrible and it's used in every episode. Um, the, I've praised the dialogue in this series up to this point. The dialogue in this episode is fucking terrible. Uh, way to cut them down to size. Came up a little short. Let's have some more small jokes just laced throughout the entire episode. The dialogue's terrible in this episode. Um, Prometheus Black is a decent character. I, I like him, even though I have no idea what type of accent he is using. And first of all, it changes off and on throughout the entire episode, and then second of all, it, it matches no accent that I can think of. But the character itself, I like. Um, as far as the uh, the meltdown character being able to go through, they call it Autobot Alloy. So was that something that the writers couldn't come up with what Autobots were made out of, so they had to say Autobot Alloy? And should we then assume that Meltdown only affects Autobots and because Decepticons must be made out of a different alloy altogether? Just a little picky part, but uh, why is Optimus even in this episode? Sorry's giving the orders. Optimus is just in the background doing nothing. Um, I don't even know why he is in this episode. And um, why, when Bulkhead is getting Meltdown by Meltdown, why doesn't he let go? He just keeps the hand holding it as he's melting down. Let go, that would be your first reaction. Um, This episode's two different halves. The first half of this episode is absolutely batshit stupid. It does get a little better in the second half, but overall, I'm sorry, this episode gets a 2 out of 10. This is maybe one of the worst. It was going to be the worst Transformers episode in the entire Transformers franchise that I've ever seen. The second half of the episode saved it. I'm still giving it a 2 out of 10. Now let's go to Blast from the Past, written by Kevin Hops. So we're getting different writers here all the way along. Hopefully Rich Fogel doesn't do too much more. Um, Blast from the Past, I, I'm, I actually like this episode. I'm going to look past that we're the teacher in me that goes crazy because we're teaching kids incorrect information. He mentions in the first part that we're talking about the Jurassic period, and then they show a bunch of dinosaurs that are not from the Jurassic period at all. So I have a little bit of problem with that. Um, Bulkhead did turn retarded at a part of this episode, but he gets better at the end. It's a great storyline, though. Um, at first, I thought they were going to go this storyline, which is how Megatron became a dinosaur-type figure in Beast Wars. You know, I haven't seen the series, so obviously I don't know what Megatron's form eventually is. But I, I like the idea of um, this is how the Dinobots came about. 
is a good storyline. Um, I'm not sure why the key changed the type of material the dinosaurs were made out of and turned them into these Cybertronian characters, uh, but that's the fucking key, so we'll ignore that. Uh, the Grimlock line, I'm, uh, it looks grim, me being locked in this lab, and then Grimlock using the name, that's great. I'm, I'm with the whole dinosaur angle and the whole Dinobots and Grimlock and all that until they do the whole cars and trucks feeding on fossil fuels uh, nonsense. That's too big of a leap, guys. You're stretching a little bit too far with that. I was with you with the whole angle. The cars, trucks, bad because they eat fossil fuels. That's kind of lame. Um, another co- kind of cool line there when they call the equipment prehistoric. I, I really like the Zoom Deck and the Megatron angle and how they're interacting and the dynamics there. That's one reason why I like this episode. Um, and Prowl and Bulkhead end up not being so bad in this episode, not quite as annoying as I was finding them earlier. I do have a question, though. Why is Grimlock the only one that can talk? They don't really touch on that at all. Maybe they'll touch on that later, but Grimlock's the only one that talked, and then all of a sudden he turns into this kick-ass robot mode at the end. I, I just dig this episode so far. I mean, it's not my favorite Transformers episode of all time, but so far in this series, this is the best we've seen. I'm giving this one a 6 out of 10, and now I'll spin it back to the rest of the guys. So we are back, and we'd like to thank our Cybertronian correspondent. I only have two notes out of what he was talking about. As far as Megatron being able to see what the pocket bot was doing, Megatron is hooked into Sumdax's system. He can control the robots. So that's how he was able to see what was going on when the pocket bot was in the Autobot base. Um, as far as the key, we all agree, all four of us agree, that the key is the biggest fucking plot device ever. The thing with the key about giving the Dinobots life and changing the way they look and all that is because the key has the AllSpark in it. It has energy from the AllSpark in it. So the key gives the Dinobots life, I guess. Uh, Michael, do you have any uh, anything you want to add or respond to Kevin about his notes? Uh, I, I thought he trounced on a Total Meltdown pretty bad. Um it's basically saying that the writing was was not as good because uh, uh, of all of the you know quote unquote short uh, puns that are directed toward Bumblebee, and I mean honestly from a writing point of view, it's not easy to come up with that many puns. So <laughs> I think I think I think the writers need a little more credit. Uh, and then from blessed from the past, uh, you know I. Not, I'm not sure if if I uh, liked that episode as much as he did. Uh, I mean, if you're uh, a total Grimlock fanboy, then yeah, you're gonna love this one. But uh, I'm not as much. I, mean, I really like the the Dinobots, but I think uh, after reading enough uh, Simon Furman stuff, I'm kind of sick of him, or sick of Grimlock at this point because Simon Furman just uses him way too much. As far as, I will say, as far as Grimlock being the only one that talk, I believe, and I'm not trying to spoil this for you, Kevin, but I believe that Grimlock is the only one that talks throughout the entire series, probably because they had everybody on the cast doing multiple voices at the time, and they maybe couldn't have hired other actors. I don't know. Um, so there's that. What about you, Steve? Anything to reply to Kevin on? Um... I kind of agreed with some of the things he said. I still think Optimus, he still needs to give him a chance. Optimus yes, is, he does. Optimus is not ass. He's actually one of the better ones. It's just because he's so young and that's not what everybody expects. Get out of the G1. 
Yes. So with that, thank you for joining us here on Transformation Animation Podcast. There are several ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, www.geekcastradio.com. The show is in iTunes now. You can leave us feedback on iTunes. Please do so. Follow us on Twitter. The short name there is TFA Podcast. Mine is TFG and Mike. Michael, what is your Twitter? PeconCT Michael. And Steve? SCP21. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast and wish you'll join us next time. We'll be reviewing three more episodes from Transformers Animated Season 1, those being The Thrill of the Hunt, Nanosec, and Along Came a Spider. For now, I am TFG1 Mike with... Michael Wilson. And Steve Megatron Phillips. We'll tap you again next week. <laughs>